Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Welcome 
to Trailer Rewind, a monthly conversation about movies you may have missed in theaters that are now available to watch at home on streaming services. Every month, we dig into the archives and watch a film that Pete and Andy talked about in their trailer picks. We watch it and have a very spoilery conversation about it. And today, we're talking about Raw. This was Andy's pick from January 19th, 2017. Today is October 11th, 2018, and Raw is available to stream on Netflix. And today, I did a favor for JJ and did not make him watch this, so we've got a special guest on Trailer Rewind. We've got Andy here to talk about Andy's trailer pick this this month. This was my pick, and I get to be here. How exciting is that? Now, before we go any further, you should check out our ever-expanding back catalog for this show and its sibling shows over at thenextreel.com. Uh, Andy, you and Pete are going to be in the middle of a, a new series, I think, because uh, you just finished up your 68 uh, detective series, right, as we're recording? Crime, crime, crime films. films. Crime and then films, you're jumping yeah. into uh, your next series on the, the Dead trilogy, I think you guys are calling we, it? We will have already jumped yes. in. By the time this plays, yes, Night of the Living Dead, the episode for that will have uh, dropped and uh, Dawn of the Dead will be coming soon. So another franchise that was born in 1968 and is celebrating its 50th anniversary. And it fits very well in with Halloween, sort of spooky, creepy movies, which is why we also picked Raw for our trailer rewind this month. As if we all planned that. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> if you're not into zombie films or cannibal films, uh, the film board, uh, we'll, we've just uh, talked about uh, First Man. We've gone to the moon and discussed that with uh, Ryan Gosling saving the moon instead of saving jazz. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> and because we're getting into monster movie season, I do want to highlight a short from Tommy. His, no, no, wait, hear me out. The Return of the Living Dead. It is one of my favorite zombie films. So if you're scrolling through the podcast app, uh, you would find this posted back in June 2017. And you can find that episode and everything else. Just head over to our website at thenextreel.com. And that is a great, fun episode that uh, ties in nicely, I suppose you could say, to uh, our current series that we're talking about, the uh, uh, George Romero's Dead trilogy. Yes, exactly. Because that, that film... And that whole side of the franchise kind of was born from Night of the Living Dead. Exactly. It was, it was not quite a, a reboot of the franchise in the 80s, just sort of, a, I guess, an expansion of the franchise. John Russo, who wrote Night of the Living Dead with, with Romero, after that film came out, they kind of had different ideas as to which direction it should go uh, afterward. And uh, they, they disagreed and... Um, because Night of the Living Dead fell into public domain because of a copyright thing, John decided to go his direction, and and he got the Living Dead title, and uh, Romero kept the the remaining franchise, and that's why there's a title change after Night of the Living Dead with the rest of Romero's films. Oh, okay. Little a little sneak peek into your series right here on Trailer Rewind. Absolutely. All right. So Raw. Our trailer pick for this month is uh, it had its premiere at the Cannes Film Festival in 2016 and was theatrically released in the United States on March 10th. It was in two theaters and made a whopping $24,825 that first weekend. It was only in theaters for eight weeks, and over that time it expanded to a maximum of 45 screens, pulling in just a little over half a million dollars in the U.S., and the global box office added another two and a half million, so total about $3 million that this pulled in uh, in theaters. Interestingly enough, I found it was available 
on iTunes as early as May 23rd, 2017, and not on DVD till much later, which was September in 2017. So I think this is a film that I I hope is going to be discovered in the streaming services. It's not one that I was uh, compelled to go out and see in theaters, even if it was around. I don't know if one of those 45 theaters was even here uh, in Arizona, but it makes it for me, the perfect film to discuss on Trailer Rewind, a film that just struggled in the box office and has been lurking out there in streaming services and, and Blu-ray and, and DVD. And so that's why we're going to talk about it. So, Andy, this was your pick. Maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about what was it about this film that made you pick this as your trailer? It's it's a really fascinating trailer. It looks uh, just crazy. I mean, the visuals are really um off-putting, I think is a good word for it. It's uh, everything about it has a great sense of horror and, uh, but not horror like in, uh, you know, Michael Myers sort of way. It's, it's horror in just off-putting imagery and unsettling situations. Um, You know, that that when you see the girl um, itching her skin and it's, it's raw and she, she's like picking giant chunks of skin off it's disgusting. And then you see pairing that with imagery of animals in various stages of work uh, in this vet school where you have like a, a cow laid out on a giant slab as the kids are examining it or an unconscious horse with all these things coming out of its mouth. And it's like, what the heck is happening here? I don't know. And then this girl starts looking crazy and the blood's coming out of her nose and she's staring at people weird and she's, she's, biting on things and it just it everything about it feels really strange and you don't get a sense of exactly what's happening in the film but um everything about it just gives you this vibe that there is some crazy thing happening in this film it might be a weird cannibalistic sort of thing it might be a vampire sort of thing um I don't know, but it looks really cool. And this is a film that had played at, uh, which festival was it? I think uh, Fantastic um, Fest. Fa- Fantastic Fest. Yes. Uh, oh, that's right. Fantastic Fest. One of my my buddies, of course, uh, that's, that's how I heard about it because he saw it there. And you see all sorts of interesting films at Fantastic Fest. And he saw it there, loved it. And I saw his write-up about it. And um, that paired with this trailer really piqued my curiosity. So... Right away, I was like, this is a film that I, I don't know much about it. I don't know anything about the filmmaker, but it's something that I have a feeling will be unique and interesting to see. And all Pete had to say was, this looks like the gross out stuff he doesn't like. It weirded him out. And he was counting <laughs> on you to watch it first and then tell him whether or not he should he should put himself through this. So, But he did agree that the, ta- the trailer was gorgeous, a lot of powerful imagery. But he could tell, I think, from all of the, the, the body horror stuff with skin and all that, that he just said, no, not for him. And I think... You know, JJ is also squarely <laughs> in that camp. Uh, I am not a big fan of a lot of the supernatural horror stuff, but this one uh, was compelling to me. Uh, I My oldest daughter is planning to be a veterinarian, so I needed to find out what kind of hazing goes on at veterinary schools in Europe, apparently. Uh, it's a key point <laughs> right. in this story. And also, as I uh, watched it, the relationship between the sisters, because I do have two daughters, so... It, it did connect with me in a way that I didn't expect it to. Uh, so I went back, I looked, I actually did watch this last 
October 2017. I think it had just first shown up on Netflix, watched it. And then um, as it came around time to look at Trailer Rewinds for this year, I felt like this is a good one for October. So watched it again. And for me, I can say that it was with a with a year, you know, lapse in, in between viewing. I remembered a lot of the key points. And for me, it still held up on a second viewing because this is when I wasn't sure if it was going to rely on all the shock value and then on a repeated viewing it it still wouldn't you wouldn't have that suspense you wouldn't have that uh, for me it really held up really well and I was able to see a few things early on because uh, there's there's a twist there are a few little twists at the end and so there were a few things early on that I started to notice on the second viewing that for me I found very rewarding what uh, what about you and your expectations for this how well did this film deliver for somebody that's a little bit more familiar with horror in that genre how, how did how did you find this film well it certainly lived up to its expectations as far as a a wholly unique experience it was very strange it was um odd unexpected um really just um uh disturbing in ways that i found um i hadn't really uh been hit before by films and what I think I like about it in this film is that it's done in a way where it's not, I don't know, for me, I didn't feel it was like a, a straight up horror film. It felt like it kind of almost like this dark, uh, I, I don't want to call it a drama because it's definitely not a drama, but it it was like this much more psychological type of horror. And, and I mean, there's blood and there's there's plenty of stuff in it that I suppose you could say is horror, but it's not like your typical horror film. It is very much the psychology of what's going on in our lead character's head that um, really, I guess you could say, make it a, a horror film. You know, as, as we watch this girl, Justine, go from a vegetarian to being forced to eat um, I can't remember what the first thing was like a rabbit yeah, kidney. Yeah, rabbit kidney. Um, and and how that kind of starts this transformation in her to constantly needing meat uh, and 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 feeding on on whatever it is. It it was like I don't know. I just I was super fascinated by it, and I loved the characters, especially the relationship that Justine had with her sister. Uh, was it Alex? Was that her mm-hmm. sister? Um, I really enjoyed their relationship as dark as it was and as, as strange as it was um, that element of it. I really liked, Um, I really hated this school and what the (laughs) hell kind of hazing is this? I, if, if I went to any school and this is how the hazing was, I would be like, peace out, yo, I'm gone. No, thanks. It is nuts. I mean, I, I just, I think the idea of hazing is just horrible. I mean, we did, I guess you could call it hazing in like theater in high school, but it was like goofy hazing. I mean, this is like horrifying stuff that these guys are having to go through. I'm like, no. And I know it's like frats and and sororities are always doing things that are not quite this level, but still pretty dark and crazy. I don't know. I just, and it it went on forever. And I'm like, ah, this is horrible. This is like my biggest nightmare of college (laughs) is this sort of life. That was the real horror for me. (laughs) The hazing. 
Yow. And you know it's going to be bad when they start off by dumping a giant bucket of blood well, on everybody. Well, even before even before that, the first thing is like they just get there the first night and all the upperclassmen come in and it's like kicking out of their rooms, kicking all the you know freshmen out of their rooms and then throwing their mattresses out the windows and everything. Right. And making them like crawl to the, the, the first party and, and all those things. So it, it is a just relentless uh you know tearing these kids down and then yeah you do have the pouring them pouring the blood on them eating the the rabbit kidney which you know sort of starts you know justine's whole whole journey but this is like a family legacy and there are things that i didn't pay as much attention to the first time around but it's clear, you know, her sister is there. Her sister's been there at least a couple of years. Her parents went to school there. But there's also conversations she has with uh, one of her professors a couple of times that apparently she, either because of her family's uh, reputation or just her own academic skills, that a lot of kids are, you know, staying distant from her because she's like the, the top one. She's the one to beat. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's nothing ever came through with that but as i watched it the second time i thought well this is explaining why she's really you know so isolated from everybody else why she really only engages with her roommate uh adrian and her sister she doesn't have any other friends because nobody really wants to be friends with her um and then as she starts transforming she becomes more and more of a of an outsider to to her group right uh but for for me there's it is i agree it is hard to categorize this film and as i was doing a little bit of research you know a lot of people have tried to put other meanings onto this film like oh it's all about you know being vegan and you know the the horrible things that happen to you when you eat meat that you become you know you know a horrible person and leads to these you know <laughs> leads to you know eating people all of these things and the director has said She's not going to take a stand on on that. That it it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and that as a female director, uh, you know, just looking at you know coming of age for girls, there's a lot of things that she has put in there that are meaningful to her. But she's not going to validate anyone's stance, saying, "Oh yeah, this is this is what this meant, or this is what it means for me, and that's why I put it in there." She's leaving it open to interpretation, which for me works really really well with this it's one where i can see different ways that you could interpret what you know sort of justine's journey is about yeah it's it, it is one of those films that it, it doesn't feel as on the nose as um, some other films that i've seen that are like hey we're gonna do a metaphor movie and this is our big metaphor um and i get really frustrated with those films because i i, I mean i can appreciate the art in them i suppose but as I'm watching it, I'm just like, oh, this is, they're just doing this to just say, this is this whole thing. And, um, I find that frustrating. I like it when it's a little more obscure and it, it this could be a metaphor, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I, I, it's one of those things where it is open to interpretation. And I, you know, I, I don't know if I watched this feeling like, um, I was seeing any particular, uh, symbolism or, or idea that uh, the director, Julia uh, Ducournau, was putting forth. I just kind of watched this, and, and as kind of this disturbing film, um, I really dug it. And yes, I kind of feel like there's some kind of coming of age in this development of this girl as she's, I guess you could say, 
growing into being an adult. But I, I don't know. I just like it for what it is because it's it's really creative and and uh, just I don't know. The psychology of these characters is what really made it work for me. Not something saying you know wearing its metaphor on a sleeve. I guess. Yeah, and that's you know for me it's some really you know powerful scenes that I you know there's probably several sequences that stand out uh you know just due to their really graphic nature uh this is a movie that when it was in theaters people were passing out they were leaving the the theater because they were becoming physically sick uh i i can say that i made sure not to be having any food while watching or just prior to watching the first time because i had a <laughs> wanted to make sure I can get through this thing because I wasn't sure what was going to get thrown at me and I made it all the way through without pausing there were a couple of times where I was actually squirming uh, in my in my seat here at home because it it is just very visceral uh, the things that uh, you know Justine has to go through so it, it starts with the rabbit kidney and we, we get we get the rash uh, and, and flaky skin and she goes Ugh. to see the doctor gives her some you know cream or ointment and says oh it's just a an allergy but she's you know broken out with this rash but then she finds that she's you know starts craving meat she steals like a hamburger patty out of the cafeteria she convinces her her roommate adrian they go off campus to like a like a rest stop, gas station, convenience store. To, yeah, like a little yeah, diner. At, right, right, to get yeah. some shawarma, and she's just, you know, digging into that. And then then things go really sort of off the rails there where he wakes up one morning and she's sitting there in the fridge just, you know, eating the raw chicken breast. <laughs> well, he asks what she's doing. She says she's having breakfast, and she, he's like, what are you going to have for breakfast? She says cereal, and he's like, well, yeah the milks in the fridge she's like yeah yeah i'm down here i'm getting it but then as soon as he walks out she's just di- ripping into that Ugh. uh chicken breast which uh was apparently made out of sugar so it wasn't actual you know chicken but they it was something oh, they okay. put together out of sugar and uh as a, as a prop for that and so there you know you see she's she's craving this meat and then for me the first like i'm cringing watching this is her sister is uh they're they're getting ready to go out or there's a party or something and the older sister is gonna wax her bikini area and that's when things just go crazy wrong and her there's an incident yeah. with scissors and her sister loses her finger and then <laughs> Justine picks it up and is going to like put it on ice or whatever and then decides to just start chewing on it and just oh Right, the curiosity overtakes yes, her. Yes, exactly, and that's where things go really weird from there. Because for me, that's okay. That we're going to do a movie about you know eating eating human flesh or cannibalism or or whatever, just a person that's been exposed to meat and craving this. But then for me, the the big first surprise was the revelation about her sister. What did right. you? How, how did that twist, you know, what was your reaction to that of when Alex takes Justine out on the road and causes that accident, you know, the car swerves off the road? How did that strike you? Well, we know we knew that that um, 
type of stuff happened because I mean that's how the film opens. But it's such a long, long lens shot. We just we can't see. We don't recognize who it is. We just see this car drive by on this road, and then way in the distance we see um, somebody run out and lay on the road in front of the car, which swerves and and crashes. And that's how the film starts. And then we find out Alex is the one who's doing this. Like she does this and so that she can feed on people because she has these cravings. I was um, I was surprised that it was Alex. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. I, I don't know. I, I, I was wondering if we needed to see it at the beginning. Like was it was that just to help so it wasn't as much a strange surprise when it came later? Um, because I feel like there are news reports that happen occasionally throughout about, you know, the strange happenings of somebody, you know, getting into an accident and then somebody's feeding on them or something. So we kind of have these reports so we know stuff is happening. Um, it was an interesting reveal, though, that it was Alex, like I said, because I didn't have any sense that her sister was was in this, especially because this is post finger um, yes. yeah. amputation. Yeah. And I just felt like she would be so much angrier about the whole thing. But she's like, oh, you know what we need to do? You just ate my finger, but that's cool. I'm going to go show you where to get the real food because, you know, you shouldn't have eaten my finger. And so let's go let's go cause an accident so we can feed on somebody. Yes. That takes it into a, a crazy world. And, and there's always, through the film, we've had a very contentious relationship between sisters all the way and very kind of this aggressive um, back and forth way that they relate to each other. And, um, and even this doesn't really settle it, you know, when Alex finally kind of gives the reveal and and then uh, Justine's not going to have any of it. She's just so horrified. She just leaves. And it's, it's really interesting. I I found that reveal to be, um, I don't know. I I thought it was a really clever thing to kind of um, surprise us with. Yeah, it's because when they're at the hospital, they they cannot reattach the finger. And the reason is it's been chewed on. And so unfortunately, the dog takes the blame because Alex has the family dog there and at college. And so they blame the dog. And then, of course, you know, that's that's their way of, you know, sisters covering for each other. Alex is going to rat out her sister to her parents in the hospital saying, oh, yeah, you can't reattach because my sister ate it. Oh, no, it's the dog. And then, you know, a horrible thing is they're going to have to put the dog down. They're going to this poor, innocent dog is going to have to get put down because dad says, well, you know, once a dog, you know, tastes, you know, you know, human flesh that, you know, they could bite, they can become all these things. So this poor dog is going to have to get put down to cover for this deep, dark secret uh, between the sisters. And then we have the whole incident out in the, the road. And then we still have that sort of battling, I don't know, animosity towards each other because there's the scene where they're uh, at the party and they find they of course it's a veterinary hospital or a hospital or something so you know alex takes justine down to like the morgue and we don't see it till the the day after where the the video has now gone viral amongst all the students on campus of a very drunk justine being uh very animalistic almost like a, a rabid dog as her her sister is like taunting her with like the arm of like a dead guy that's in the, you know, drawer there in the, in the, in the morgue, uh, which is just, you know, this is, you know, after the whole finger thing and there's this understanding, but still, 
the relationship between the sisters is is really challenging to to figure out because there's Justine is jealous that her roommate uh you know why is Alex interested in her roommate there's a whole argument that uh Justine has with him about why does my sister have your phone number uh Adrian is gay so she's confused as to you know is her sister trying to hit on him there's this whole comp- competitive nature between the two sisters that continually sort of shows up until the point like at the at the very end there's like a f- full on you know biting <laughs> hair pulling you know throw down <laughs> fight right there where i mean Alex takes a huge bite out of Justine's cheek i mean they're just they are going at it it's yeah it's it's yes. really uh crazy and but that's why i think this relationship is so interesting because uh you know Justine is trying to figure out who she is and and her sister has kind of created this wall that makes it hard and um is a very antagonistic character toward her sister and i it's it's a relationship i don't think i ever fully get and i don't think i ever fully understand especially some of the stuff toward the end like why is alex doing that and taunting her and making that video and stuff and and uh, you know i'm not 100% sure still if i get all of that but i still found it just really interesting well there there's what you know the reveal that alex also has this this issue and is causing the car accidents and you know eating you know off of the the victims of these car crashes she's found her way to to manage to fit in and justine hasn't found that you know alex from you know that first hazing of you you've got to eat the rabbit kidney you know and she's like Justine's like, no, I don't want to. Alex is the one that forces her and, you know, shoves it into her mouth of like, why are you doing this? You have, this is what you have to do. Alex is very much about, you have to fit in. And she's found her way to fit in amongst everybody and have her, you know, what her, whatever her food issues is, she's dealt with that and it hasn't interfered with her ability to function and be part of the, you know, the school, you know, culture there. Whereas Justine comes in and just from, you know, the beginning just can't, can't manage how to how to make all of this stuff work she's got the conflict with her roommate you know the class there's stress there's the the other memorable scene which is the she's having the conversation with one of her professors and she's sort of twirling on her hair and chewing her hair yeah and and then and she then she has it, it, the hairball yes for lack of a better term a really big hairball that she has to pull out and of course the i forgot how darkly humorous this movie is because as she comes out there's <laughs> another girl that just says well you know if you just stick two fingers down your throat it's a lot easier thinking that that she's right <laughs> she's bulimic not that she's pulling up this just i mean uh that's that's the one that still gets me just thinking about <laughs> the hairball uh but you know that's justine not fitting in and it's the struggle between i'm able to alex being able to cope and find a way to to you know sort of survive and justine not being able to which is you know on a second view and i see a little bit more of that of justine's presence there is sort of jeopardized everything that alex has got uh she's you know, fit in. She's, she's managing her, you know, health issue. Uh, now Justine's causing problems and, you know, it's cost Alex a finger. Um, uh, and you know, things are, you know, there's a whole relationship thing with, with Adrian and he's trying to fit, he's trying to be a good friend to Justine. Um, 
But yeah, it, it seems this is this girl that just does can't find her place in the world. Um, well, and it's it feels very French to also have your roommates, you know, kind of the the um, uh, anyone can be anyone's roommate, yes. right? Yeah. So you know, here's this man who is a college roommate with this incoming uh, uh, freshman, and it's like, oh. Okay, you know, Justine and and him are roommates. So that's kind of an odd way to set these dorms up. Well, they, as he said, they said okay. he, they knew he was gay, so they figured it wouldn't be a problem. And I'm like, that's sort of like, yeah, we got to write. How do we write this part off? And and maybe that it, yeah, maybe that right. is how how things run over there. I have no idea, but that was the you know that sort of throwaway you know justification line yeah. of like, yeah, it's not a big deal because I'm I'm gay. Uh, that doesn't stop you know them from you know having a little moment there where he's he just thinks she's into like kinky like s&m stuff um and they have that that moment there where they're sort of making out that she starts trying to bite him because it's like i know she just gets like all amped up and ends up and that's one of the trailer moments is her on the bed on top of him just biting into her arm and the blood is coming out because she's Right, just satisfying right. that because he kind yeah. of is he, yeah stopping it, and so she's just chowing on her own arm. It's like Ooh. yeah, well, and that's a great um, uh, setup for the payoff that we get later with that relationship. Oh, which um, <laughs> you know, I I think is it's it's tragic the way everything goes, but it also builds to the surprising twist at the end when you find out the secret of mom and dad, and that for me was the real interesting twist that I, when, when that hit, I'm like, okay, now I get all where it's all coming from. At the same time, I don't know why the dog had to be put to sleep then. Like why, why couldn't they have told mom and dad this? Um, or I guess maybe the kids, the girls didn't know, but I, for some reason I felt like Alex might've known, but maybe not actually now that I think about it. No, I think they both didn't know. And then, yeah, finally after everything so yeah the i mean things built to the point where one morning justine wakes up in in bed with adrian and he's not he's not moving and then we have the reveal of like his entire thigh has been consumed and then she's you know she's upset you know why didn't he fight back and then that's when we realize it was sort of like a whole you know the two sisters against him the alex looks like she like stabbed him in the back with a ski pole and so it's the the two girls just like apparently you know ate his entire leg and then the the big twist reveal at the end of that uh yeah this is it's like a genetic thing you know and that dad you know found out when they were dating in school and his they found their solution and he opens his shirt and it's just scarred tissue from i guess Mom just takes a nibble out of him every once in a while. I don't. That's their solution to the yeah. to the issue. And then his his final line to her is like, "Well, I hope you can find your solution." You know, I mean, that's the whole. It's like, sorry, sorry, we've burdened you with this, but you're gonna have to figure out your way to make this work for you. And that's sort of where where things end. And it's an odd ending. And I I, I mean I I like the way that it ends, but it does make me then reflect on the whole story. And and wonder, okay, mom and dad obviously knew, which is why they kept the kids vegan. Yes. 
But I feel like they did a really terrible job of preparing them for anything else beyond that and and giving them better hints of things. And and that's that was kind of a struggle I had with it in the end, because I'm like, I, I, I can't buy that these parents would um, not have a stronger conversation with these girls before sending them out of the house, especially to the same flipping school where they know everything that's going to happen. All the hazing, all the, they're going to be forced to eat like these rabbit kidneys and the hazing process. It just is a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible place for vegans to go to school. Why would they send them there if they wanted them to not have the same life that mom had to deal with? Because they care about animals and they want to be the best veterinarians they can be, I guess. Yeah. I guess I, I that's that for me was the real struggle. I mean, I thought it was an interesting ending and I liked that element of it, but I didn't like what it did to so much of the rest of the story. And it for me, it, it just ended up kind of creating kind of a faulty, faulty start for it. And um, um, it, it, I mean, it didn't diminish the film too much, but it does for me knock it down a notch. Okay. Yeah. See, on the second view, I, I, I knew it was coming, but it's still it's. I don't, it just punctuates the movie so well at the end for me that it's yes these people are not the best parents but they they have something from their past they're trying to keep hidden and so I, I sort of think of it as you know try, pushing maybe into you know analogy a little bit of like yeah the struggles of a parent of you've done some things that you're not proud of you're hoping your kids can be better off and in some ways avoiding talking about it, you just sort of keep your fingers crossed of like, well, maybe this won't be an issue and they'll, their lives will be better and they won't have to go through the horrible things that we did um, rather than confronting it head on and saying, Hey, you know, at some point in your life, if you accidentally eat some meat, know that you're now going to crave it for the rest of your life. And it's going to be this insatiable, you know, urge to like chew on, on flesh, not a comfortable conversation for parents. So let's just, protect them from that and just hope they never get faced with that and if if that happens well maybe they'll be fortunate enough to figure out a better way to deal with it yeah Yeah. (laughs) it just is like is that really preparing your kids no it's not no and it could it could be a commentary on parenting of like hey parents do a better job of talking to your kids it could be um so uh, so you said that did you know sort of knock it down a notch was was there anything else that you you know i would to use your your term, any other quibbles you have with with the execution of this uh, with this concept here? Um, you know, I I think for the most part I enjoyed it. I I did I I struggled to get into it a little bit. I didn't I I didn't find that it was um, super easy to get into, and I think that was because so much of the beginning dealt with the hazing and all of that element. And I'm like, oh, this is just awful. Like it was a it was tough for me to watch. I found it a lot easier to to get into it when I was able to just kind of focus on on the the characters and watching Justine, um, watching uh, her relationship with Alex, um, the uh, relationship with with uh, her roommate, and and like those sorts of elements, I um, uh, kept me going. But it's just the hazing was just so intense and awful that I just really struggled struggled with it because I'm like, why would anybody go here? I mean, this is just <laughs> awful. It's so dumb. Uh, it, hazing can be just so stupid. But I um, uh, I don't know outside of that if I had any quibbles other than kind of the stuff that that built to the ending with um, the, the reveal of the parents, which again, I do like. It just, the way that it made me recontextualize 
a lot of the stuff that I'd seen. Um, that kind of frustrated me. And there, there were some elements of the relationship with the sisters toward the end where um, I, I, again, I, I was like, I, I don't know if I fully understand why Alex is, is acting that way uh, toward Justine. But, but for the most part, I did feel it was a really creative, unique, I mean, I certainly haven't seen films like this and uh, exciting film to watch. So you have a little more experience in this sort of genre. So, who would you recommend it to people that like what type of movies? Cause I can't just say this is, this is, as you said, this is not like a typical horror movie. So are there other, are there yeah, other right. films that you would say, Oh, this might appeal to somebody that likes these, these types of films. Cause it's not, it's not your, you know, people that are fans of like Halloween and nightmare on Elm street. This may not appeal to them, but is there something in that this sort of touches into? That's a good question. I I think that there is an element of kind of really dark comedy that runs through this. So if if you like some uh, psychological horror, I think is is where I really put this um, with an edge of dark comedy. I feel like that is um, something where it might find its crowd. Um, I I mean, there is definitely blood. It's not just yeah. psychological horror. I mean, there's plenty of blood throughout the film. I mean, she's feasting on <laughs> on people. It's um, but but I I didn't feel this was like a torture porn right. sort of film. Yeah. So it's it's not that I don't. It's funny because watching this, I'm like I I can see why JJ probably didn't want to watch it because it is um, a, a bloody film. But I didn't think it was straight up like a scary horror film. Like I, I never felt scared right. from this film. I just felt like it was mentally twisting. And so to that end, I was like, it seems like it fits in that kind of mind bender <laughs> sort of stuff because of the strangeness okay. of it. I still don't think JJ should yeah. watch it because the blood and just oh. kind of all of the visceral yeah. elements are still probably too yeah. much. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I feel okay. it falls yeah. for me. I, this, I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's not something that I would typically be drawn to because if you just tell me oh it's going to be one of these gory you know body horror type of things uh it has those elements but it is you know the psychological aspect the relationship between the sisters all this just made it a really solid film for me that has these you know sort of cringeworthy gag worthy uh moments but if i strip those pieces out i think i have a, a really interesting story about a you know dysfunctional family uh struggling with with issues and yeah there are some some darkly comic moments to it so for me it it was i went in thinking okay i'll be prepared to be grossed out and was pleasantly surprised that there was a little bit more substance uh to it i think there the story the structure is you you know there is a lot on the hazing so i think it, it i don't want to say it struggles or stumbles it doesn't have a traditional you know, narrative structure that there's, there's not like one main, you know, through line pulling everything. We've got multiple things going on. It, it's, it's not going to appeal, I think, to mainstream audiences because of the, the, the story oh. uh, and the subject matter. But for me, it's one that I would hope people that don't enjoy horror uh, try out and see if you just knowing that it, it is pretty graphic in some areas, but it is an interesting and engaging film that I haven't seen anything like this. So yeah. And it's not scary. No. And I think that's uh, for, for people who 
usually get a little more um, timid with the horror genre. I think a lot of it is just the scares that come with it. Um, so it, but so if you can handle something that has that psychological horror element, but does have blood and certainly has some, some, some gore, although not in the straight up, um, you know, torture porn right. way, I think it's worth a shot. Okay. So JJ and I then usually talk up, we talk a little bit about where to find it on our flick chart, how many stars. So for you... Yeah, where does where does this one fall into your flick chart list? This one it it ran into some pretty tough uh, films pretty early on, so it ended up at nineteen oh one out of four thousand fifty six. That landed it's so it's about a fifty three percent on my chart. Um, I, I I felt like it was better than that. That would say it's giving it about two and a half out of five, um, but I give it a three and a half. Okay. Three and a half three, and a three, like. Three and a half and a like. So one. this one was sitting after my first viewing. It was around, I think, one twenty out of my three thirty-seven. And I said, "Well, let me rank it again." You know, on a, a rewatch, and it actually it went up a little bit because it. I think so much of it, the first viewing for me was sort of emotional reaction to things. Uh, seeing that it, it held up, it ended up moving up a little bit to. Uh, actually 85 so it puts it at 75 percent. i give it a solid uh four stars on this one because i think some of that just might be the surprise that i enjoyed it more than i was expecting uh to it's yeah. it's not one i'm going to be watching a lot uh not one that anybody else in my family i think wants to see uh but it's one that i you know again that's the thing I love about Trailer Rewind is seeing a trailer that looks compelling uh, and the film actually live up to it and and, and pull off something that uh, it's easy to put together a trailer that looks like it's going to be one thing and, and what's delivered is something far less than this. But for me, it, it lived up to the challenge of a truly just visually intriguing trailer uh, and have just an intriguing story. With some, I think, solid, you know, solid performances. Uh, Garance, Mar- I'm, I can't pronounce French. I would say Marilyn yes, exactly. as Justine. I mean, she's got to carry this whole movie and this transformation. I thought she did a great. And she was, I think, eighteen yeah. at the time. So, looking forward to seeing where where she goes. Hopefully, not getting uh, pigeonholed into horror films, cannibal, cannibal, films. <laughs> cannibal films. But uh, yeah, much more enjoyable than I thought. No, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, uh, and yeah, it's uh, it is a it's a unique film, and to that end, uh, it's uh, something that uh, it probably isn't going to be forgotten. Like once you watch it, I I feel like this is the sort of film that will have um, elements that stick with you for quite yes. a while. Oh, oh, definitely. It's it, there. As I said, there's those couple moments that just you know gonna your stomach is going to be tested, but there were other just really odd, uh, odd visuals in this that really, you know, and it, lots of the stuff with the animals as well, just the way it's filmed. Yeah. Just really, uh, interesting visuals with this. And it's a first film. I mean, you know, uh, um, Julia had done shorts, but this is her first feature and it's really an impressive start. Oh yeah. Looking, looking forward to see where, where she goes uh from here i'm looking to see if she's got anything uh in the works nothing that i see coming up on imdb but i'll be interested to see where what type of story she chooses to tell after this definitely well 
If yeah. you haven't already, please head over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. It helps other film fans discover us, and we hope you will help them discover us because we look forward to viciously hazing them on Discord to unleash their <laughs> inner demons. I've got my bucket of blood. <laughs> the best thing you can do is watch a movie with a friend and sit down and have a conversation about it like we do here. And if it's one that's been discussed on any of our shows, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Trailer Rewind is a part of the Next Real family of podcasts, which is brought to you by a hardworking group of film lovers. I think this is Andy's like 10th hour of recording this week. He's got a lot of other <laughs> other projects he's working on. Uh, special thanks to Pete Wright for taking time out of his busy schedule to edit this and make us sound nice. And I'm guessing after he hears this, he's not going to be compelled to watch Raw anytime soon. He better. Well, I, I sure hope he does because I want to get some <laughs> some buttons say that say I watched Raw in a single sitting and didn't get sick. Make those available to our to anybody that that can claim that on on Discord, and we'll we'll get some some buttons or badges or stickers or maybe just some little electronic art for people. Because uh, I love it, uh, Andy. It was great having you on a guest here on Trailer Rewind. I always love uh, changing it up. It's it been has a while. Been, yeah. It has been a while. You know we should. You know what we should do? We should do another one because we've got a special event coming up in November. We do. We're gonna go see Suspiria. Oh, with we the are. Live score. With the live performance, oh, that's yes, be fun. we may have yeah. to. Yes, goblin. goblin, we may have to do just a little, little short uh, on that one. Now, question for you, because I think we're seeing it right around the same time the Suspiria 2018 gets released. So, do we see the remake and then go back and watch the original with the live music, or do we wait till after seeing the original? Freshen our minds and then go see the 2018 one. That's a good question. When what what date does it actually open? It opens on October 26th. Of course, it'll be right before yes. uh, right before Halloween. So that's going to open October 26th, and then we're seeing Goblin on the sixth, the night yeah. of November sixth. Yeah. So um, I feel like I'm going to need to see the remake. Um, first before okay we i mean we, we've seen we've seen suspiria already so then we can watch the remake and then right, we can go back the, and watch the original again all right that's our plan we'll maybe put together a little episode in november as a little treat for our listeners uh all right yeah. well it's been great chatting with you andy i'm gonna let you get some sleep after all your hard week of podcasting <laughs> phew hondo I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, 
or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Music 